of the Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Maymer. And uh, I guess as I talked about in March, way, way back in March, uh, uh, back to one of the uh, listener shows, I have a very special guest. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use your first name and, and your SGU board ID. Is, is that okay? Sure, sure, that's fine. Okay, so I've got Michael. And, and, and you are, uh, how do you pronounce it, Belgarath? Yes, Belgarath. Belgarath. Which is a, that's a seven thousand year old wizard from a uh, from uh, books that I've read. Okay, so you're, you're the fa- you're the famous Belgarath from the SGU message board. Yes, that would be me. Known no, known and loved by ninety nine percent of people. Yeah, it's those one percent that you got to worry about. Exactly, because you used to be not anymore, but you used to be kind of the big poobah on the message board. Were you not? Mm, I don't know about poobah. Uh, I guess maybe I come off that way, okay. but uh, that's just the way it works. All right. You you were kind of the chief admin executioner for for a time. No, that would be Belleth. Yeah, different pe- different person. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, two different people. All right, get. I want you on the podcast now. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I tease, I tease, I tease. Okay. Oh, I gosh. I'm such an idiot. Now I even got you two guys confused. All right, so yeah, but but you are still Belgarath on the on the on the message board. That's correct. Yep. Yes, right. Yes, yes. Okay, and you always you always have interesting things to say on the message board. But right, but you don't you you don't have the power of a uh, of a uh, uh, deleting people and stuff like that. No, no, no. Don't have that power. Although that'd be that'd be good. Maybe I should work on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah I was sort of like kind of like. Back when I was living in Korea, I was sort of like an admin because, you know, I'm awake when people in North America are asleep. And then when I moved back to North America, I just, you know, I just didn't have time to sort of do moderation stuff. And they, they, they sort of booted me off. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all right. So, okay. So now now you are a, and I can say your, your job, you are a pilot. We won't, we won't say the airline you, you work for. Yeah, we have to keep that secret. You know, there's uh, lots of, uh, you know, people would come and find me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I remember, this is a little bit off topic, but oh, gosh, years ago there was, um, like, one of the, so like, American Eagle or something like that. Uh, like, their, their, their pilots were, like, low, really low paid to the point where some of them were using food banks and, and, and this one guy was sort of going to a food bank, and he's just showing up in his American Eagle uniform. And, and a reporter's like, "Are you serious? Like, like my, you know, my my, you know, regional carrier, you know, the guys flying me between, you know, like St. Louis and Chicago or something, is you're, you, you have to use a food bank? Like, like my pilot is that poorly paid? You know, so so so. The, long story short, the, the American Eagle was like banned." Pilots from using food banks because it was such a awful publicity. Yeah, I remember that. That I don't remember whether it was Eagle or a different airline. It might have been Mesa, but uh, I do. I have seen the. Uh, I do remember seeing their their manual where it says you're you're not allowed to show up to uh, to get food stamps in your uniform. <laughs> so they they made that so that you can't do that anymore. But uh, regional pilots actually are. Mm, Fairly low paid. I mean, they're sort of a step up from flight instructor, but uh, they're they're not paid anywhere near what uh, what a major airline pilot would be would be paid. I mean, I guess like because it like with the American military, there's so many sort of pilots that sort of muster out of the Air Force that there's a huge supply. Like, why would why would because as a passenger, I want to know that the guy piloting my plane, whether it's like a little Buddy Holly job or or you know a seven forty seven, I want to know that that guy his family's fed, you know, and and he doesn't have to think. Oh, do my kids have hot dogs for lunch today? You know, like like why 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 would pilots be so poorly paid? Um, you know, I 
you know, I guess there's a lot of uh, issues around that, why that would happen. But um, it's mostly because, you know, the airline industry runs on on very, very tight margins. You know, you spend six hundred dollars for on a ticket that goes from uh, across the United States, say, and the, the airline might make ten dollars, twenty dollars. $30 profit on that $600. So their their margins are pretty small. Um, and a good chunk of that is pilot compensation. So the, the these these small carriers the problem the, with them is I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go into it. There's a lot of competition. Pilots they used to actually make uh, pilots who go to work, who went to work for those in the 90s. There was such a glut of pilots back then that uh, they would actually make them pay for their training. You would have to show up and you would have to pay the company $10,000 to be trained on the airplane you were going to fly. Oh, dear. That's kind of gone away now. Um, it's not really a glut of pilots from the military. Military generally now makes up about 25% of the pilots that are hired. Um, but I guess there's a, it'd be a whole nother podcast, Carl, to talk about how come pilots are paid the way they're paid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should, so, so, uh, a fraction of listeners sort of don't like the, you just talk and talk until you get to the actual conspiracy. And, and, but I'm always like, I'm always like, well, I mean, I just talk to interesting people, like I'm being lawyers and now a pilot and stuff like that. And, you know, and then it's like, I don't, I'm lonely, so it's nice to talk to people and, you know, but, uh, but anyway. You'll get me talking all night if you, if you want to talk about anything in aviation. I'll talk all night. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. But, uh, okay. So, I, now I don't know if this is actually your favorite conspiracy, but it's kind of my favorite conspiracy. And I've just been looking around for someone to sort of do it. And then I thought of you and I thought, duh, you're a pilot. <laughs> you might be a good person to, to, to field this one. So, so. Sure, sure. Actually, I just want to make sure we do have my voice disguised, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> because you, you are, you, yeah. You're the, uh, you're the hatchet man in this, uh, this conspiracy. So, so go ahead. What, what is, what is, what is the conspiracy du jour? Uh, the conspiracy du jour is chemtrails. Chemtrails. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, so uh, supposedly. A certain percentage of planes are right. They're spraying chemicals over cities. Now, cities, towns, farms—you uh, name it. There's this one has got tentacles everywhere. That's true. Right. Before we get to what a chemtrail is, let's what 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 is a contrail? Like when we look up in the sky, we see you know jets flying, and sometimes there's this white stuff coming out behind. What what is a contrail? Well. At its most basic form, a contrail is when an, the airplane is up at high altitude, temperatures are very cold up there, and the air coming out of the back of the engine is is warm and moist. It mixes with the cold air, the water condenses, and you end up with a, like a vapor trail. Um, they stay around for a long time, though, because... Essentially, the water instantly freezes, and of course, frozen water doesn't evaporate and go away like steam coming out of your teapot. They stay around a lot longer because it's frozen. Now, when when I'm up here, where where are you located in in the world? Right now, I'm in Florida, but I'm in New York (sighs) a lot. (laughs) All right. So, in New York, you're probably familiar. All Canadians are familiar with, you know, in cold weather, when you breathe, you you get this kind of looks like you're breathing smoke. Uh, Is 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 that a similar phenomenon to? It's yes. It's exactly. It's basically the same thing. Now the. The uh, the the thing about the jet engine, you know, out of the back of jet engine comes you're, you're burning fossil fuel, right? So out of the back end comes soot and small particles, and the water will actually collect and condense on those small particles and freeze. So they tend to stay around a lot longer. Hopefully, when you're breathing out, you're not breathing out particles of soot. <laughs> well, you know, my my sister, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What comes out of her mouth sometimes. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Mine. You don't have the clean tag, right? Because I'll try and not. Uh... No, no. Just, just <laughs> please swear all you want. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, 
Now, now, what's the difference between a contrail and the more its more nefarious cousin, the the chemtrail? Well, in reality, nothing. But uh, the uh, chemtrails are supposedly based on you know if you're if you're reading the conspiracy and understand how it works, a chemtrail is basically a contrail that sticks around a lot longer, and the reason is. There's nefarious chemicals in that chemtrail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the uh, yeah, I mean the the chemtrail proponents, right? They 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 have all kinds of bizarre ways of distinguishing between contrails and chemtrails. I mean, is it, any of it based in fact? Well, no, not really. There, there's if you. So one of the things I've seen where they talk about chemtrails is, oh, these, if it's a pattern, there's like these crosshatch patterns and X patterns where chemtra- those are chemtrails. Um, and they also say, you know, they, the, the, the main differentiator that they have other than these patterns is that they stick around a lot longer. Right, right. And, you know, so it's interesting, though, because if you think about it, when airplanes fly, they they fly kind of on these highways in the sky where they, they fly from certain fixed points that they use for navigation. And the airplanes actually come together and meet on these points all the time. And since they're not going in the same direction, they cross. And you end up with crossed, crossed uh, contrails. Right. Um, and so you see those, and, and that's that's a normal occurrence. Um, we know contrails. Like I've I've been flying, and you see these things. They'll last for for hours. Uh, they spread out and, and last because essentially it's frozen water up high, and it basically is a cirrus cloud at that point. Okay. Yeah. What it, I mean, I think the thing that I like about this conspiracy so much is right is where they say you know they last a lot longer than normal contrails, and, and normal contrails seem to last a long time in the sky. So I'm just imagining these people, you know, like out in their front yard, like just staring up at the sky for four, five hours, just and like worried. You know, like it just it just it seems a very unproductive use of your time. Yeah, I would. I don't understand that either. I mean, you just if you're standing up there looking at them, the you know contrails and chemtrails or whatever. It just depends a lot on the atmospheric conditions. Um, depending on what's going on in the atmosphere, they'll they'll either go away or they'll uh, they'll hang around for a long time. And you can actually see this from airplanes up high. You can see them where some days they're lasting a while and some days they're they're not. The, the um I, uh, the like planes, like planes don't like if I'm flying like you know New York to Chicago, I might have this wrong, but planes just don't fly the most direct route from New York to Chicago, aren't they? Kind of like waypoints they have to fly. Yes, um, and actually, it, 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 <laughs> your airplane navigation is a is another big subject. But basically, you airlines are going to try and pick the most optimal routing based on the winds. So you might actually fly south out of your way or north out of your way to get out of strong winds. Okay. So also, if everybody flew the exact same route, there's not enough you know airspace that they that they have to separate airplanes safely. And so you'll see them flying multiple routes, okay. and they fly to waypoints on the way there. So these are sort of like, um, think of them like intersections in the sky. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I thought like it's like in the early days of air flight, like they just kind of flew that way, and then there there were like midair collisions or something. So they they to get a saw, and this is before GPS. So they sort of created these, yeah, like like the, almost these uh, these like radio buoys in the sky kind of concept or something is is that accurate or yeah they're they're basically you know the 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 one most recent one that they use for navigation would recall VORs and they right. are think of them like radio transmitters on the ground and you fly to the radio transmitter and then you fly to the next radio transmitter and that's that's the routing that you would follow now you know most people you most of the airlines now use gps and they can make you can essentially make a fake radio transmitter in the sky wherever you want from the gps Uh, okay right right i was trying to remember that you know the playing uh uh um 
flight simulators back in the back in the day, right? You had this VOR thingy and Yep, and you would track to that and that's how you figured out where you were. Right. How how accurate are, are those flight simulator software programs? Like, you know, you would kind of get for like, like that was like back in the day, like Microsoft Flight and all those sorts of things. Well, okay, so you'll appreciate this. Um, I am horrible at flying uh, flight simulator, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not as good at it as as some people are. Uh, but um, they're pretty accurate as to how the instrumentation works. If you're trying to figure out how if you were sitting in an airplane and how it would feel and look and fly, no, it's nothing like that. But the instrumentation that you're looking at is pretty accurate as to what will happen. Okay. okay. All right. So, uh, so, so getting back to sorry, Kim, Kim trails. Um, I mean, what, what kind of like other, okay. So there's the, the, they claim that, okay, these things hang around a lot longer than, than contrails. What any, any other so-called evidence they use to sort of differentiate? Well, they, there's a lot of other, you know, they, they, they talk about, they hang around longer. They also talk about things like, Oh, look, it's the wrong color. Most of the time, that's due to where the sun is. You know, if the sun is up high in the sky, you see white contrails. And if it's down low on the horizon, you might see a red. You know, just the way clouds look different colors when the sun is a different place in the sky. Some of the other stuff they use, I think, is um, they like to test water. Um, right. And claim that, that this water or this rainwater is contaminated with with chemicals. And there's some interesting chemicals that they find do they, do they um, ever use any kind of control like like you know we, we tested the water the day before and and yeah. no i mean really all of the stuff that i've seen in trying to dig around and see where where this comes from is one of the things that they like to say that is in this chemtrail water is barium another one is aluminum okay. the, the problem is is they every time that i've that I everything that I've been able to see when they find this barium, they if they test it with respect to um, just regular rainwater uh, or other rainwater, it's really no difference between their suspect sample and the uh, other samples. I actually even saw was looking the other day at a uh, YouTube video where they were saying, "Oh, this there's." These 68 parts per million of barium, and they show this paper from the from the testing lab. And if you stop and look at it for just a second, it says it really says 68 parts per billion, and they're missing 68 parts per million and 68 parts per billion. Those are kind of two different things. Right? Yeah, kind of order of magnitude, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. So, and it, it's it, it's. That's really about it. It's it's this is actually one of the really toughest conspiracies to sort of sink your teeth into because they don't really make a lot of tough claims. Right, yeah. And they're you know, like for example, sometimes it's just mili- depending on which chemtrail conspiracist you talk to, sometimes it's just military planes that are doing it. Sometimes it's military planes that are painted to look like civilian planes, and sometimes it's just all civilian airplanes uh, for every airline. Right, right. The, the, uh, as 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 a pilot, you you're not really being told, right, what uh, what chemicals you are you're going to be dispersing over over America. Right. It's it's actually the guys that empty out the lavatories that do it. <laughs> One thing I, I read, and you know, of course, we don't talk to them very much. They—they're the real rulers of the airline universe. <laughs> it makes sense, right? Because they're the, the the last people you suspect, the lowly, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Nobody wants to do that job, and they're the—they all wear dark glasses for some reason. I don't know why, but <laughs> those toilet chemicals. I guess I don't know. Because green green ice is that still a problem? I remember back was like in the eighties there was a bit of a you, you know, like it happens like something like happens once like a piece of green ice you know goes through someone's roof and then you know, and then like suddenly every incident is picked up by the national news and it seems to become a you know then it sort of becomes a, a a huge problem. But I didn't know I was going to get into the uh, theory of uh, toilet mechanics on uh, on an airplane, but um, actually, yes, in the in the eighties, 
there was it, it think of it like a, if you've ever been into a chemical toilet those old airplanes used to have like blue water that would swirl around and it would build up outside and the thing is is with airplanes you want to carry uh you don't want to carry much weight you want to reduce the amount of weight you're carrying so they've improved these over the years and so if you're in a newer airplane they don't have that blue stuff in there anymore it's just a high it has a high amount of suction and very little water. And so you don't get that much anymore where if it was leaking, the, the, the blue ice would come out on the side and it would build up and build up and build up. And when it got big enough, the just the airplane going through the air would cause it to uh, this big chunk of blue ice to go flying off. Uh, and, yes, it might hit your house or or anything. It doesn't happen much anymore because those kind of toilets generally aren't used. In the airplanes anymore, right? So, so. the uh, I, I remember was it after um, right after nine eleven, um, you know, it was, it was a couple of days right where there was th- no air tra- like like how long before actually planes commercial planes got flying again after nine eleven? Well, I flew. I think it was about four days after nine eleven. Okay. And really, that was just what what was happening on that day is there were airlines were sort of positioning airplanes for the start up the next day. Okay. As you can imagine, that's a to shut everything down and do a big restart of everything. It's a it's a big undertaking. But it was about four or five days where the airlines started up again in the U.S. Where were you in the air during nine eleven? I was actually at uh, Dulles Airport, uh, just a few airplanes behind uh, American 77. American 77 got to take off, and um, by and I did not get to take off. I had to go back to the gate because they had shut down the airspace oh, where I was going. So yes, I was. I was. I was not technically in the air, but I was about to be in the air. Okay, so it was very kind of an unusual day for you, regardless. Yes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh, okay. now, now, right after, remember, it was right after nine eleven. There, there, there's some, there was some theory that like um, contrails, they they do have a, a, a influence on the weather patterns, and they were then able to sort of test this. I mean, right after nine eleven. Have you ever heard anything about this? Yeah. So I actually was looking at this just last week to see how you know because there's this. And this really gets into, you know, global climate change, and I am absolutely not an expert on any of that. Uh, but what I can say is it used to be thought that this, these airplanes flying over um, would actually cause um, more sunlight to reflect and therefore cool off the Earth. And I'm actually, I just read something where actually that may not be the case anymore. Okay. But there was, and I'm, I don't know exactly what it was, but you're right, there was something where they, where they did some looking into that where all of these contrails sort of stopped for a few days. And I think there we were able to notice differences in temperature, climate, cloud cover, that kind of stuff. Right, yeah. I just think this might sort of work into the whole, I mean, not only is the whole idea that, you know, chemtrails are, you know, trying to poison us, but also that, you know, it's like weather control too. I imagine that's part of the, well, yeah, I actually, that's sort of where, it, so the, the, the chemtrail stuff seems to uh, date back to around 97, 98, 99, right in that area. And it had to do with, um, somebody wrote something on the internet, and then uh, this person went to, and was on Art Bell, and that sort of started it all. But the thing that everybody kind of points to are, for chemtrails are sort of two things. One I was able to find and get some information about, which was this Air Air Force report from 1996 called uh, Weather as a Force Multiplier, Owning the Weather in 2025, Um, which I started reading it. You can get the actual report on the Internet. I started reading through it. It reads a lot like... um, I don't know if you've ever read any of John Ronson's stuff, but (laughs) it reads a lot of that, uh, like that bit about the the Air Force general that thought he could walk through walls. (laughs) Remember that guy? Right, right, yes, yes. It it, it reads like that, where all of these sort of grandiose ideas, where if we could predict the exact 
momentum and, and uh, of each and every particle of atmosphere, then we could control the weather, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, so that's sort of one of them. The other one is this thing that I've been reading about called Project Cloverleaf, and I can't find anything on that other than people using it to say, ah, Project Cloverleaf, therefore chemtrails. Right, yeah. And I, mean, I can't figure out what that is. Yeah, but my, my point is always that, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, generals and colonels and stuff like that in the American military, and and sometimes these people just you know, have to kind of justify their job. I, yes. I'm, I'm sort of generalizing it way too much, but, but, you know, so they just, they just write like, okay, if we had to invade Canada, how would we do it? Here's a paper, right? You know, and if we had to, you know, if we had to like, you know, nuke, uh, part of America because of some reason, then zombies, this, zombies, this is how we would do it. And, and then people take this highly, highly speculative. This is just a guy in a desk who's just trying to, you know, pass the time. Just, you know, someone gave him a job to do it. And, and, and they take that since there's a there's a plan. Therefore, they're going to do it, you know. So. Right. And, and like you said, if you if you read this thing where they like to trace it back to, it is full of ifs. Right. If we could do this, then we could do that. And um, the ifs are really big ifs, like having the ability to predict the weather to a much higher level of accuracy um, than than anybody can even think about doing now. If we could fly, if we could uh, seed the clouds with some new chemical that we haven't invented yet, right. then we could make thunderstorms form over Hugo Chavez, you know. <laughs> And give him cancer. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's sort of that's sort of how this report went. And like you said, you uh, then they the 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 conspiracy folks take that and run with it. Right. Not, yes. Not realizing all of the problems that come along with it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are, I mean, there there are incidents where, you know, let's say there was. I think the government wanted to sort of. Uh, Test out something about like kind of like biological weapons, so they they they, they kind of like spread like an, an innocuous germ that they could then sort of test and see how far it spread and and um, you know they'll, they'll less less cooler heads will sometimes do stupid things right and 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 then they'll you know or even the uh, you know the Tuskegee um, you know experiments on, on on black men. I mean, there are, there are there are instances where the U.S. government has done some really awful things and some innocuous things, but seemingly creepy and, and right. And then they then they kind of go, well, since they did this, therefore this is entirely reasonable too. Yeah, I think you're right. In fact, the, the I think the one you're thinking of is, and I'm not real. Uh, 100% on it, but there was a, and I think it was the British government that did this, where they sprayed some stuff out of airplanes just to see how it would spread. Mm, okay. But 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 the thing is, if you go back and look at this, and this is sort of one of those, why would you spray this stuff two, three, four, five miles up in the sky? Because it's going to disperse, <laughs> and maybe that's part of the conspiracy. But like if you if you have a bug that you want to spray with poison, <laughs> do you spray it from the top of the room or do you get close to the bug and spray it? Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone said I noted about the, uh, the biggest problem with this conspiracy is right. It's, it's, you know, you're way high up in the atmosphere spraying something that everybody can see. And, you know, and, and if there is something like mind control chemicals in there, like, don't you think people would be able to test it and, yeah, you should be able to find it. It should be something that's that's easily recognizable. I mean, I know it's uh, it's all about the dosage, right? So if it disperses and gets to small, tiny amounts, well, maybe it's homeopathic chemtrails. There you go. This, this <laughs> is also something that like people people are like really passionate about because like if you go to like the Wikipedia page on chemtrails and and, and you click on like you know the talk tab there's like a couple people that are that are really quite you know like oh you people just don't know anything about chemtrails and you know and and they sort of tout the whole you know conspiracy line and stuff like that and it's kind of a bit of a funny couple funny threads on where people are you know they they can't they're, they're trying to be nice to these 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 nutty people but 
Yeah, I mean, I think they they remind me a lot of the uh, uh, the rainbow sprinkler lady. Right. Yes. Yes. It's it's very similar to that, where you know, the, and they'll point to like um, one of the things I've seen that's really interesting is they they point to a uh, and it's it you will find this on virtually all of the chemtrail conspiracy sites where they point to um, a piece of U.S. law, which is uh, 50 U.S.C. 1520A, which is the restrictions on the use of human subjects for testing of chemical and biological agents. And it starts out and it says, hey, you can't do this. And then it lists exceptions. Okay. And they say, unless you follow C, D, or E, you so. But the thing is, is in order to qualify for the exception, it's informed consent. Okay. So basically what they're talking about is sort of like a medical experiment where you have to give somebody informed consent. And But everywhere you go, that part about informed consent is cut out. They don't show that part oh, right, yes. on the conspiracy sites because it sort of doesn't make the conspiracy work. Right, right. Now, what did, was it De- Dennis Kucinich? He, what did, he sort of sponsored some law about, like, space weapons or weapons in the atmosphere, high atmosphere, and, and he, he kind of mentioned, like, chemtrails or something. Did you encounter this? Or? Yes, there actually was, because uh, this is one of the things they say is, look, they reference chemtrails in a law, and actually the, uh, the best I could find about it is, so you, UFO conspiracists got that put into the law. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, it actually is sort of one of those things that's buried deep in the law that really didn't have a a lot of effect, saying basically, you know, you're not supposed to be doing chemtrails, wink, wink. Okay, right, yeah. Well, it's like sometimes if you read, um, you know, if you read like uh, like license agreements, and uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm 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 like one of these weird like nerds where I like I really like to read the fine print for license agreements and and they have things like you know um you know about, about like you know you may not copy this software or something and and, and they right. begin and they begin to list ways you cannot copy it and and things that don't exist like 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 you know like chemical or genetic <laughs> means of copying the software and you may not make a copy of this software into your DNA for future generations. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> like, 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 obviously, like some, um, you know, some license agreement writer just decided to, you know, cross all T's and dot all I's, and it just, it just sort of struck me that that, that this Dennis Kucinich law was kind of like that, like that. It's not saying, you know, we're doing this, let's cut it out, but you know, maybe sometime, you know, twenty years from now, there we do devise some weapon like a chemtrail therefore let's let's you know let's have some legislation about this now kind of thing yeah exactly and and so that that seems to me what it was what it was mostly dealing with is in the event that we invent something like this here's yes. how we're going to legislate it yes yes exactly wow Right, and uh, so, so the the, uh, the right, so the reason we, you know, for chemtrails, it's there's. You were saying it's it, it's one of those kind of like uh, Swiss Army knives, like it just it, it fits into almost everybody's conspir- grandiose conspiracy theory, right? Yes, exactly. It could be because of population control. It could be because the it's the medical industrial complex making you sick so that you have to be sick all the time it could be for any number of of reasons that they're doing it to 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 test out biological experiments gene control dna uh manipulation you know whatever it is you can find that they're doing it through chemtrails. Right, yeah. Yeah, the whole, like, the population control one is, because it's like Henry Kissinger, I mean, a lot of people sort of forget in, you know, like the, you know, in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, you know, we would call it the, you know, the, the, the population bomb, that we were very concerned about overpopulation. This is before the Green Revolution, and, and you know, and, and, and while we think of, like, Asia today is being this economic powerhouse. Like, you know, after World War II, people thought Asia would be, 
you know, they would they they didn't have natural resources. They just had huge populations that these people were all going to starve. And and so so there was a big move on to figure out how to kind of reduce populations, but not you know by creating death camps, but by you know birth control and, and improving standards of living and stuff like that. And so yeah, so people like you know Henry Kissinger and stuff. They wrote a lot of sort of speculative stuff, which people then sort of cherry pick as if like. You know, can that you know we're going to what that Paul Pot guy was doing? We're going to start taking people out to the killing fields. And... Yeah, but it seems like there'd be if that's really what you were going to do or wanted to do. It seems like there'd be a lot more efficient ways to do it, right? Right. And you could like uh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, put it in the water, or you know, if the population is growing too much, you know, here, hand out condoms, you know, whatever. I mean. It seems like there's a lot cheaper, more efficient, and easier ways to do it. So, right. uh, the, go ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say, and then there's also there's there's a big tie-in to now with like Morgellons, that idea that that artificial fibers are growing out of people's skin. Like there's some sort of Morgellons tie-in. I was I was reading about. Did you did you encounter anything about that? Well, actually, that one I haven't found, but that sounds interesting. I do. I did read that they're saying that um, some of the things that are coming that they claim are coming out of. Uh, Chemtrails, you know, in addition to barium and aluminum, are polymer fibers, yes. thorium, silicon carbide, that kind of stuff. And yeah, that could very well be that uh, the Morgellons, where you know, and that's that's the thing where they have, you know, supposedly you have these fibrous material growing out of your skin. Is that that's pretty much what that one is, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I guess people are tying that right, tying that to the <laughs> to the chemtrails. Well, it seems like you'd have a lot more people reporting it if it was being sprayed out of a chemtrail over New York City, for example. Right. Now, now in any kind of you know conspiracy, there's always uh, there's always people who are out to make a buck, uh, uh, you know, to, to to save you from X, Y, and Z. Have you have you encountered any bizarre like any bizarre pro, you know anti-comet pills or things like that that people. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's there's actually they have these uh, special spray bottles that you can get, and they you go out in your backyard and get this little spray bottle, like a bottle of Windex, and I think what they do is they 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 put something like uh, either bleach or ammonia or something in it, and you spray that up in the air, and that <laughs> overpowers the chemtrail from this you know two hundred thousand pound airplane flying over your house. Right, you you're probably you know. More health risks from you know the BPH in the bottle or something than yeah or something like that <laughs> yeah which I don't I, I'm skeptical about myself the whole BPH thing but but that that, that said you know you, are you just you're just more in danger from you know going out and tripping you know, on your deck or something and you you can actually see there's a, and I've seen them on YouTube videos of people actually going out and saying oh my god look at this stuff and they're spraying their spray bottle into the into the air fighting the man you know and I've always found that just I don't understand how again if that worked why uh, why wouldn't you do, you know why would you let these people put it on YouTube yeah, exactly. Anybody like so we got the Morgellons, but I'm I'm thinking of like the um, you know, like the people. I mean, the windmills and dirty electricity. You know, people who have the, all these non-specific sort of symptoms, and they decide, you know, oh, it's those windmills next to my farm, or it's like the dirty electricity in my house, or it's the, the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, are there are there are there any people out there that you know have just Blaming their health problems on a. Oh yeah, I mean the, there's that's that's actually so you find people who sort of self-diagnose on the internet, right? So they go through and depending on what kind of search they're looking for, it may drive them right into these chemtrail sites, and they start seeing. Oh, and they then they start seeing these contrails and think, oh my god, every time I'm sick, here's this chemtrail or whatever it is over my house it's it's got to be the same thing that's got to be what's causing my 
whatever my ailment is. Right. Have you seen, uh, there's this, there's this picture on the internet, kind of like, like pilots who are protesting and, and it, they're all holding up signs with like, you know, chemtrails and it's this big, it looks like a march to the streets of New York or something protesting chemtrails. Have you, have you seen this, this photo? Uh, no, but, um, it's probably, it may very well be a fake, but, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 there's, there's the original photo. What's a pilot worth? It depends on your perspective. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. So there, there was, um, you know, pilots, I, I, if I remember right, that was Delta pilots. Uh, because if I remember, I don't remember the, uh, the, uh, picture, but, Aren't they all wearing like black? And that's a Delta uniform, if I remember right. It might be United, but um, I do remember it because most of them have the uh, the Alpa. The original picture has the Alpa logo, which would kind of gives you an indication as to which airline they're from in the U.S. Yeah. yeah well, the original picture has uh, what was his name? What's his name Sully, the guy who put the put the plane in the Hudson River. Yeah, Sully Sullenberger, yeah. Yes, you're right, yeah. Did you ever, did you ever, did you ever meet that guy? Or is, that, is that guy? Is that guy like a legend, or are people just like, pfft? Like, what <laughs> that's actually, think about him? That's a good question, uh, good thing. You know, uh, keeping your cool and fl- flying the airplane and landing it in the river is is uh, is commendable. But uh, most pilots are very type A, and if you ask uh, any pilots, of, well, the, what a pilot will tell you is, well, I would have just missed the birds, you know, that, <laughs> that, that's the kind of thing you'll get from pilots. But yeah, he, he to be able to do that and, and keep your cool and land the airplane into the river rather than into houses and buildings, that yeah. took a little, took a, uh, a cool head. There, there was a famous almost disaster in, uh, in Canada where this is when we we're switching over from Imperial to metric. And uh, and it was a Can- uh, Air Canada, it was Air Canada, and the, the pilot got confused about he thought was being plane was being filled up with gallons, but it was really being filled up with liters, and so he didn't have enough fuel, and and the plane just ran out of fuel mid flight, and uh, you know, and uh, but the guy who was piloting was was like a um, in this time he was like this this glider pilot so he was basically able to sort of you know glide the plane down to like a like a uh, like a runway someplace in Canada it wasn't even like an airport that was like used someone just got yeah. someone just a, go ahead it was a closed military base right right someone just got a call like uh, get this runway ready now or something and yeah it was a closed military base and and it was um I think it was pounds and kilograms or something like that. Right. Um, most jet fuel they measured in in a in a weight rather than a volume. So, um, but yeah, and they basically did the conversion wrong, and they told him I needed uh, a thousand. I'll use your term, a thousand liters of uh, of fuel, and really you needed a thousand gallons of fuel, yeah. and so that. The airplane actually just ran out of uh, ran out of fuel. Now, the airplane will, you know, those kind of airplanes have backup systems on backup systems, so they didn't lose their hydraulics because they had a backup system and they were able to essentially, like you said, glide the airplane in and land it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because I mean, it's one of those cases where, like, you know, because sometimes people, you know, non-experts are just like, you know. No pilot would ever make the mistake, or you know, no no NASA programmer would ever not convert between imperial and metric for a Mars probe. And, and people sometimes just make highly trained people sometimes make really stupid mistakes sometimes. And, and, and Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that, but I mean, and actually if you, if you look at, um, I think, uh, um, uh, Steve Novella talked about this at one point, making a comparison between surgeons and pilots, the thing that pilots do and that, that the, airline industry in general has done is those things that you can make those sort of mental errors on you have checklists right. that you check yourself on and you have two people that back each other up and so the the airline industry has become extraordinarily safe because they've found these places where people make human errors and they 
and they've s- sort of done things to eliminate them or minimize them as much as possible. Right, yeah. Yeah, sometimes people kind of like, you know, like um, the, um, you know, like, oh, this this court awards all this money for, uh, you know, a hot coffee spill on someone's thigh. And, but at, at, at some level, it's like, yeah, these kinds of outrageous lawsuits do end up making our industry safer. Like, like a, I mean, I, I know you don't want to kill people, but at, at the end of the day, like airlines don't want to face these massive, massive lawsuits, right? So, so they're, they're, they're really, really safety conscious, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and the airline industry in the U.S., and I would uh, I imagine it's very similar in most of the other countries in the world, is is actually arguably more heavily regulated than the the say even the nuclear industry. Um, we are constantly being checked, tested, uh, you know, verified that we're following safety procedures and all of that kind of stuff. And it it's it you're right. It is uh, to get a, in a lawsuit is is very expensive, but. The accident in and of itself is very expensive, so you want to to avoid it if if at all possible. That, that's true. I guess airlines can't afford to lose planes, right? That's yes, exactly. I mean, when you're talking thirty, forty, fifty, eighty million dollars for an airplane, that's a lot of money. That's a big hit to the bottom line. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. Anything else you want to add about chemtrails, or? Well, you know, the I do want to say that. In, in 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 like in a lot of conspiracies, occasionally there's this little, you know, snippet of truth, and so if you re- if you think about it, out of the the back end of airplanes, it, you know, there are, you know, it, it's it's like any internal combustion engine. There's nasty stuff that comes out of it, but it's it's not it's not this oh they're doing it for population control or things like that. It's just you know normal everyday hey. From from burning fossil fuel, that's what comes out of the back end of the airplane. Um, and uh, other than that, if you know you're and Carl, I know you talk about this all the time. Is what's the how many people have to be involved in this conspiracy if all of the airlines are are doing this? Right, right, yeah. You know, it just grows and grows and grows because. An air an airline isn't, you know, it's going to have to be compensated. This equipment supposedly that sprays these chemtrails, that's weight. That's right. a paying customer I can't take along. Right, right. And so somebody has to know about the equipment. Somebody's got to fix it. Somebody's got to uh, maintain it. Somebody's got to fill it up. I mean, there's there's just so many people that would have to be involved that it would essentially collapse. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, so, other than that, um, you know, it's it's just a a standard. I mean, it's your standard conspiracy theory. A lot of it with a little less, uh, arguably less behind it than anything else that I've that I've been able to uh, track down. Cool. All right. And uh, let's see. Now, you you go to uh, you you're going to ten this year? The amazing meeting. I am, and in fact, I'm going to be at uh, Nexus also. Oh, cool. Okay, all right. Now, now, uh, do will, will people be able to identify you? Like, oh, you're the Michael on uh, Conspiracy Skeptic? Sure. Okay. Uh, I, I, I will have my forum name on there, so they'll be able to track that down. All right. So, so if, because, you know, on the podcast, that I don't want anything, um, mostly because it's like, oh, if people give me money, then i got to come out with this more than once a month and then kind of once every other month, you know, I feel awfully guilty. <laughs> but, but it's just like, but, um, uh, yeah. but like I always say that, you know, it's my listeners or my, my guests that really make the show. And, uh, so, so they deserve anything people might want to, want to contribute. So, so, uh, do you, uh, do you, do you drink? Uh, well, you know, I, I, as a pilot, not... I mean, off the, you know, not, you know, <laughs> Yes, within uh, regulations. Within regulations, and uh, one of the things I, my personal rule is there's there's different rules. I don't drink within 24 hours of flying an airplane. But if I'm at TAM, I'm not going to be flying, so I will happily take a uh, scotch on the rocks from just about uh, anybody that wants to uh, wants to provide. Okay, but 
Nexus you think you'll be flying around the Nexus time? Uh, actually, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm heading up to uh, that area this week, and uh, I'll be there all all weekend. So I'm gonna I, we're gonna meet a bunch of forum folks there and uh, go out and have dinner and stuff. Okay, cool. So 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 yeah. So if you enjoyed Michael uh, Bel Belgarath from SGU, are you on the are are you on the um, Randy's Randy's board? No, I actually that that board is too busy for me. I don't have a lot of time to be able to keep track of what's going on there. The SGU board is actually getting busy enough that I can I can hardly keep track of it. All right, cool. All right, so scotch, scotch in the rocks. Then uh, I'll see what else. What other questions that I want to ask you? Um, do, 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 I mean, other than other than participating in the SGU board and going to conferences, do you, you don't have like a blog or anything like that or? You know, I am uh, so busy doing other things. I actually wrote a blog article once about uh, uh, Mona V, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, because I had actually a pilot that tried to get me uh -oh. buying that stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, pilots are con there's pilot conspiracists too. You oh know, no! Right there. Okay. Yeah, they're they're. We, in fact, it's funny though because we had I had a conversation with one guy about uh, we were sort of trashing all of the 9/11 conspiracy theory oh, stuff, yeah. and uh, I mentioned just in passing, I said, "Oh yeah, well that's kind of like the JFK conspiracy," and he stopped and looked at <laughs> and said, "Oh wait a minute, that's real." <laughs> oh, no. oh okay. I, I can say maybe I should ask you. I've always tried to avoid 9/11 talk because just because. It's I, it's not so bad today, but but way back during when Bush was president, like like people were just really angry and emotional and death ready and stuff like that, and and um, um yeah, I mean, uh, have you ever encountered a pilot that is like, yeah, no way, that had to be a missile. So actually, uh, you'll appreciate this. One of my coworkers. Is actually, or not coworkers currently, but coworkers at a previous airline, uh, is one of the head dudes for uh, one of these 9/11 uh, conspiracy sites. Oh dear. oh dear. Yeah, who argues that the the airplane that I took off, or that I didn't take off behind, uh, who argues that that air because American 77 is the one that went into the Pentagon, he argues that that was a missile. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's basically cherry picking, uh, anomaly hunting, all of that stuff. And oh, uh, yes, there certainly are pilots who who uh, uh, who believe in the 9/11 conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing I always sort of find sort of frustrating about 9/11 is is there's always one architect, one engineer, one pilot, one person out there that that is like. You know, who's like, nope, I'm a pilot, and I, or I'm an architect, and, you know, that building could not have fallen down that way. There's always somebody who... There's one in every group, and in fact, if there were none, that would make me suspicious. Oh, that's, a, that's an awesome point. That's a, that's a good point to leave off on. But uh, what was my, my, oh, my final question. Now, you're, you're a man in uniform, so you, you, you're probably the most informed person for this question. So if you, if you had to pick another uniform, like a science fiction or fantasy TV movie uniform, what, uh, what uniform would you, uh, what, what what space or fantasy military would you join just for the uniform? So, um, Carl, since I know since we are friends on Facebook that you and I are of similar age, and uh, therefore, based on my age, I can only select the original Starfleet uniform. Okay, cool. Right. From the 1960s show. Now there are a lot of people now that are in skepticism that think the when you say the original that you're talking about the next generation, <laughs> and that's you know babies. Just they're just babies. <laughs> yes, exactly, well, exactly. Uh, so definitely, and and if I if you want to get very specific, it definitely has to be Captain Kirk's uniform with the green shirt, not the yellow shirt. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice one. Are those pilot uniforms? Are they comfortable? Like, um, so it depends. But uh, yes and no. I've had both. Uh, so a lot of times the pants aren't very good. They're generally cheap polyester type blends. 
<sighs> and uh yeah, they're they're uh, overall they they get the job done. They they don't have to necessarily be comfortable. They have to be durable and not look bad after sitting in a chair for a long time. What what, what? you pilots, don't you call it equipment? You don't say plane. What kind of equipment do you fly? So I fly the Airbus A320, you know, the exact same one that Sully flew into the into the Hudson. Okay. Okay. Uh Sorry, and is it's that, uh, that a single aisle or is it a double or Single aisle, uh, you know, the Airbus A320 hit seats, depending on the airline, how they configure it, somewhere between 140 and 180 people. Okay, okay. And so it's not, you don't fly like long haul, like, you know, you're not flying like the Asia or... Oh, no, much bigger airplane needed for that. You, in fact, those airplanes that do that actually carry almost as, well, more fuel than the gross weight of my airplane, <laughs> just in fuel. So if you think about it, one of those uh, f- a flight from New York to say you know Tokyo right. will burn more fuel than an Airbus A320. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's about how it works. But yeah, no, I don't fly that big of an airplane. So when you're you're paying like eighteen eighteen hundred dollars round trip for that ticket, then it's there's a reason for that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean you're burning a lot of fuel to to get the airplane there. Yeah, exactly. Aren't those really long haul flights? Like, don't don't pilots have like little beds they can sleep in? Or yeah, you'll actually have um, regulations that drive uh, that you have to actually carry more. You know, if it's a two pilot airplane, okay. you'll have to carry four pilots, and you'll have two pilots that are there for the takeoff and to get up to cruise. Then those pilots will. Go to the go to the bunks, go to sleep while two other pilots fly the airplanes. Then they then they switch back, and the the first pilots will come in and fly the airplane in for landing. Oh, okay, but you you don't have to fly. You don't, you never fly those kinds of flights. Or... No, no, no. I uh, we don't have a bunk on my airplane. Oh, okay, all right then. That'd be nice. Okay, all right. Well, Michael, I'll, I'll let you go because I, I probably have like you know, a whole other hour about <laughs> planes and airlines, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, Man, I get to avoid the Korean questions. I'm happy. Oh, gee, sorry. You know, you're right. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's been a while since I've done it. All right, the Korean. Yeah, forget the Korean questions. Sorry. Yeah. So, are are you married? Uh, we, we know how old you are. Well, you my age, so I'm 46. So you're around my age. So right. So and, and I'm we, exactly uh, the same age as you, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. And 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 uh, and we know what you do. You're you're an airline pilot. So, so are you married? Are you single? Or I am definitely single. Yeah. Single. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So if you're at a a Tam or a Nexus, and you want to meet a charming man in uniform? <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I won't be wearing my uniform. <laughs> it's pro- yeah, that, that would be against Rex. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, super. Okay, well, thanks a lot, then, Michael. It was, really, it was really nice talking to you. All right, anytime. Okay, have a good night. Good night. Right, bye-bye. Some high in the sky, some. We were just young and restless and bored. 
Yeah. 